You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge, tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. your girl Stephanie Powers solo episode just you and me and today we're going to talk about hormones. I am putting my health coach hat on, taking my astrologer hat off and we're swapping subjects. You know what we do around here. We keep our feet on the ground with our head in the stars. We love spirituality. We love a connection to something that's running the show that we all feel and know whether it's a religious or spiritual feeling but we're also living in a 3D world with a lot of chemicals and pollutants and toxins and things getting out of control. So it's really important to also have our feet on the ground when it comes to our sense of spirituality. So with that said, you guys know the drill. Please pay it forward for the show. There are no advertisements that are going to bog you down and pull you out of these subjects that really connect with your heart and hopefully your mind too. So as a way to pay it forward and help us grow the podcast, leave a review, share the show on your social media. It's been so awesome to see you guys doing that. I love it, especially when you share a story on Instagram and I happen to catch it. It's so just cool. I love seeing where you guys are listening to the show, who you're with, what part of the world you're in. It's fascinating and that really helps our marketing efforts. So thank you so much. And you know... If you want to work with me, you can book a one-on-one private birth chart reading through our website, lightworkers-lounge.com. You can subscribe to Cosmic Coconut, which is our little astrology club we just launched, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which we are getting going too. And follow us on Instagram as well, at Stephanie underscore underscore Powers, because did you guys know there's a really famous actress named Stephanie Powers? She's from, she was big in the 70s or the 80s, so whenever I tell people from the older generations, hey, I'm Stephanie Powers, nice to meet you, they're always like, any relation? (laughs) I have been asked that since I could comprehend words so young when people, teachers, neighbors, people at the store, do you know Stephanie Powers? Eventually, I stepped into my Sagittarius as a teenager and was like, yeah, you know what? It's my mom. (laughs) And some people were like, what? (laughs) But she's not, no relation. But um, as Casey and I, and you guys are going to hear me say Casey a lot, and she is the right-hand man for Lightworkers Lounge right now. So a lot of the graphics you see, the website, and a lot of help with Cosmic Coconut, you'll see Casey on there. So we love her. Shout out to her. And so when you hear me say Casey, that's who I'm talking about. But um, when Casey and I were working on SEO for the website, trying to grow things, she was like, we need to use your name more because, yes, it's Lightworkers Lounge, but for SEO and marketing purposes, you want to use your name, Stephanie Powers. And I was like, well, Casey, <laughs> there's a problem there. My name is taken. <laughs> but she spells hers S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E, which is funny because those who are like really family and know me know me they always call me Steph and it's with an F S-T-E-F that's like how I know somebody is my person and my people as they say Steph I can see you guys now tag me when you share the show and say Steph good show S-T-E-F I'll be like how'd you know that but um so we're working on that and that's why my name is taken all over social media channels um that's why you'll see underscores or dashes and things because I'm going up against a famous person and 
I love my name so much, Stephanie Powers. You know, I used to be a little wounded with it where I thought, like, I don't know my dad. I've never known him. I've never had a relationship with him. It's just, it is what it is. I don't feel wounded by it. It just feels like something that I never knew and never cared to have. I don't know. It's bizarre. But I did go through a little teenage angst phase where I was like, I can't wait to get married and change my last name and start my own family that's different. Raha. But uh, you guys know I went through a marriage and then I got divorced and I couldn't wait to get powers back because, you know, removing the family of origin that I derived it from, it's badass. Stephanie Powers. Like, that's the name I want to see on the cover of books, you know? So here we are. Share the show. Leave a review. Book a reading with me. Subscribe to Cosmic Coconut. Stay tuned. Okay, here we go. Sometimes I feel like men should be the one who listen to this podcast. Now, I know men have their own set of hormones. Let's not omit them from this. And we have a few male listeners. So guys, this may or may not be interesting to you. But if you know a woman with those types of hormones, estrogen, progesterone, LH, you name it, you'll definitely want to tune into this to understand them more. Remember what we were saying on the last episode about astrology? Human design, things like that where we can categorize and assess our personalities to understand them more and to get permission slips for our personalities in this world where everyone's telling you who to be and not accepting you for exactly who you are. This is another way for women especially to be accepted and understood. Think about the history of the phrase PMS. Right? When I say PMS, which stands for premenstrual syndrome, what do you think? You think of a woman eating ice cream and chocolate and throwing things at you, saying, get away, and yelling, and ooh, she's moody. Or my favorite, she's a bitch. But what if she can't help it? What if there's a physiological thing going on in her body that she can't control? And then when you say you're a bitch or feed them chocolate and it it just gets worse, right? So this episode is going to be about how to balance your hormones and we're going to add an ode to getting off of birth control. So this is an episode for someone if you feel like you've struggled with mood swings that are more of a physiological thing than an emotional thing, which are kind of connected and correlated with each other. Or you are looking to get off of the dreaded hormonal birth control. I think this episode will really help you out. Now, this is what I want to do a little prefacing to this episode because it might be a little triggering. It may make you feel frustrated and it's going to be a lot of information. So feel free to pause, take notes, do whatever you got to do. But I want you guys to know where I am sourcing all of the information that I am about to give you from. I have a certification as a holistic health coach from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York City. I went there in 2016 and 17 and I graduated specializing in women's hormonal health. Why? Because at the time, I had just reversed my thyroid autoimmunity called Hashimoto's disease. Um, just a very quick spark notes backstory of that. I got married in 
and I lived in New Hampshire, got married in Key West, duh. And then I moved from New Hampshire, where I was raised, down to the Carolinas. And, you know, when you get established in a brand new area, what do you do? You find a dentist, you find your favorite grocery store, you get set up at a primary care physician. And of course, if you're a woman, you find an OBGYN. And so I did that. And I just said, hey, you know, I'm married. I'd like to have kids someday. And I'm 25. So just getting my, my, my panel checked here. And they said they were doing my health history. And I mentioned that my mom had thyroid cancer. And so they were like, oh, all right, full thyroid panel. Let's do it. You know, can't blame them. Genetics. And I said, all right, you know, I have no symptoms that you mentioned of any of that. But all right, sure. Take my blood. Let's check it. Why not? Well, An hour after I got home from that appointment, I get a phone call from the nurse that said, you need to come right back in here, girl, and get set up with an endocrinologist, a hormone specialist, because you are extremely hyperthyroid. Hyperthyroid is when your thyroid is producing too many hormones. Think of it as like a windmill just going spitting out the hormones. And when there's too many, you can get something called Graves disease where your eyes bulge out of your head and you lose hair, you lose weight. And the worst part is your heart can really struggle because it's just, it's too much energy. You can have severe anxiety, panic attacks because the thyroid produces the hormones that essentially make our entire body function. So when you've got too many, you just feel like it's too much. You know what I'm saying? So she said, you got to get that fixed, girl, like ASAP, because it's dangerous in terms of your heart, of course. And I already, I was born with a heart murmur, a little hole in my heart. And so they were, they always hear that at every appointment I go to with the stethoscope and they check your heart. They're always like, are you okay? Have you had that checked? Yes. (laughs) No, I have too much heartbreak in my life. It is not okay. But, um, So that's that. So long story short, again, I knew this episode would be long. I went back in. I went to see an endocrinologist, a specialist, and it was so weird walking in and seeing all the diabetic socks and people are there for diabetes, but I'm there for my thyroid. And it's just so weird, guys, to walk into an endocrinologist where they specialize in diabetes and to see the front desk people eating fried chicken with these big giant gulp sodas from the gas station and I it was just like wait I'm very confused but that's an entire other podcast episode but I got it checked out they did more labs they did a thyroid ultrasound and they did say yeah you just have a big thyroid and they had two doctors come in to look because they were just moving the wand around and couldn't get a firm opinion on what if I had a goiter or a lump or not I didn't. I didn't have any of that, but I did have an enlarged thyroid. And after two doctors came in and looked at it, they were like, I think it's just your anatomy. You just got a big thyroid, girl. I said, match my big booty, (laughs) my big wide hips. No, I probably really said that. That's just how I get down to the doctors. (laughs) But uh, so they were like, all right, well, we got to remove it. I said, excuse me? And they say, we got to get that thyroid out. It's going to cause, you know, it's way worse than hypothyroid, which is when the thyroid is not producing enough hormones. You can just pop some pills like Synthroid to replace the hormones that your thyroid isn't producing. But hyper, where your thyroid's a little out of control, producing too many, that's, that's not so easy. There's no pill to make it slow down. And so they said, we have to remove it. And I was like, you're 
you're joking. They said, no, we're going to remove it and you'll have to be on medication to supplement the hormones that your thyroid will no longer be there to provide. And I said, so I'm 25 and I'm going to be on medication for life starting now. And he said, yeah, like it's no big deal. Yeah. What's so wrong with that? And I was like, doc, I, uh, this just doesn't feel right. Like my gut, my intuition, my heart, they are screaming no right now. And isn't this just the case of, is it anxiety or intuition? Because I was like, okay, I, I don't, I was young at the time. The only surgery I had ever had was removing, um, wisdom teeth. And so I was obviously afraid of that. And I was battling with, am I just afraid to have surgery and I'm ignoring a professional medical person? Or is this truly wrong? and not meant for me. I I struggle with that so much, even to this day, differentiating between the two. But I I just looked at him and I said, well, I want to have kids someday. And he's like, well, you're not going to with this. And I was like, well, shit. Okay. And I said, well, what should I change my diet? What should I eat? Or what should I take out of my diet? And he looked so confused and said, I don't know, eat more kale, I guess. And then he walked out of the room and then the nurse came in and said, all right, honey, when do you want to schedule your surgery? And just, I looked over at my then husband at the time. I looked at myself. I was like, I'm not, I'm not scheduling this. And the nurse was like, it's really important. Your labs are very dangerously high. And I was like, I need to sleep on this. And now that I know my human design, emotional manifester, I'm glad I said that. But I did. I slept on it. And actually, I didn't sleep on it because I went home and I researched all night on the internet how to heal hyperthyroid and Hashimoto's. That's, I've noticed something about myself as I do that shit. When I am ready, when I have my mind set on something, get out the way because I will unhealthily probably pour myself into a subject until I know it. You guys, this podcast, I didn't even know what podcasts were when I started this. I mean, I knew what they were, but I didn't listen to them. I didn't know how you create them at all. I just made up my mind that I needed to start a podcast and I stayed up like three nights in a row. Do not encourage this. And I studied it and I learned it and I watched YouTube tutorials and I did it. And ever since then, I've known exactly how to do it. I can take six months off of this show and I'll still remember just right hand how to do it. But I did that. I went home and I studied the shit out of Hashimoto's thyroid, what the thyroid does, what it looks like, where it's located in the body. Thyroid pro. And then I took it bite-sized pieces at a time because I was like, okay, let me see here. And the first thing that really popped out in all of the new research was gluten. Now keep in mind at this time, I had severe allergies. I was just known as the girl that goes to Costco or Sam's club. For those of you not familiar with America, these are just these big like industrial stores where you can get giant sized things. And I would buy tissues because I went through a box a week. I would just wake up and have a sneezing fit every single day. And it was as normal as you wake up and make a cup of coffee. I wake up and sneeze and sneeze and sneeze until my eyes are swollen red. And then I have my coffee. (laughs) I just accepted it. And the reason why I shared that is because I learned that you need to remove gluten to help your thyroid. And so I was like, done. Pretzels in the trash. Bread, I'll miss you, but see you later. Pasta, that stinks, but you got to go. And I did. And in the first week that I was gluten-free, I didn't sneeze. 
I will never forget the morning I brushed my teeth, put my toothbrush down after, and was like waiting, tiptoeing around like, where's the sneeze? Where's the sneeze? It didn't happen. And then I made my coffee and I sat and I drank it and I was like, where's the sneeze? Where's the sneeze? And it didn't come. And ever since then, I have not woken up with a sneeze. (laughs) Just from removing gluten for less than seven days. It was wild. So I healed. (laughs) Surprise, this is how the story ends. I healed my autoimmunity. And it took me a year to a year and a half. But I went back to a new doctor because I had moved to Charleston, South Carolina, which was just a few hours away from that original place. And I went to a physician just to get set up again. And I told them my health history. She drew my labs to check my autoimmunity. And she came back after I got the results and was like, you don't have any markers of autoimmunity in your body. Like you're at zero. And I used to be at 47 antibodies on my labs, which isn't that that bad now that I've been a health coach and seen other people's labs, but it's still there. You know, it doesn't matter the number. What matters is it's present. It's there. And she said, you reversed it. And with autoimmunity, you don't cure yourself of it. You just either get it to lie dormant, be asleep, or it's active and it's going crazy in your body. And I got mine down to zero. It was asleep. I put her ass to sleep (laughs) and it was gone. And I will never forget. She looked at me and said, holy crap, this is unheard of. How did you do that? Your thyroid, normal. Your autoimmunity, gone. What did you do? Like nobody sees this huge swing in numbers like this without surgery or medication. And I said, I eliminated gluten from my diet. And she said, like, like pizza and and sandwiches. I said, yeah, like pizza and sandwiches and pasta and bread and pretzels. And she just scratched her head with her pen like, huh, okay, uh, okay. She didn't get it. I mean, how can, doctors don't know what they don't know. They're not there to study nutrition, although a lot of them are nowadays. But that was just such a huge moment for me. I walked out of her office and I thought, how many people are scheduling a surgery all over America, all over the world right now, unnecessarily. How many young women are about to go on Synthroid and mess up their bodies unnecessarily? I got to do something about this. I felt like I was holding the golden key that so many women and men would do anything for. And so while I couldn't afford it at the time, I found a way. I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I got my certification in holistic health coaching, and I ended up writing a book called Thyroid First Aid Kit that, of course, I'm going to allude to and leave in the show notes because it's a very small 90-page book. I had to get out my process. And my process, this is where all the info that I'm giving you is coming from, my certification, my professional studies, but also my accomplishment, guys. I lived it, I studied it, and I practiced and tested, did my own like studies on my own body, and I healed it. So while there is no one-size-fits-all, I want you to remember that before we really dive into this episode, this is what I did. And stories are something you learn in the school of Earth. So this is my story. It's not going to apply to absolutely everybody. Take what resonates, leave the rest. But this is where I get all my information from. So 
the reason why I wanted to really dive into a podcast episode on a subject such as this is because spirituality is so beautiful. It's such an essential part of life, truly. Having a belief in something. I was listening to a really awesome YouTube by Oprah, Her Soul Sundays, an old uh, episode that JL sent me, and she was talking about what is God, and she was interviewing Carolyn Mice, Carolyn Miss, I think I'm pronouncing it right, but she said it's hope. When you have hope for something, that energy is the presence of God, and I thought, ooh, that's good. But then I thought, well, if you have hypothyroid and your thyroid is unable to communicate with your brain, right? Your thyroid is a butterfly-shaped organ right in your neck. And it controls everything, which is why it's kind of centrally located on the body. If this thing isn't producing enough hormones to communicate with the brain, which communicates with serotonin and dopamine to give you the happy feelings of having hope, how are you supposed to tap into that? Right? Your gut is your second brain. And I think the reason why my allergies went away, and honestly, my entire autoimmunity, is because my gut was so messed up. Oh my God, I could, a lox bagel used to be my jam. But one time, and this was right before my thyroid journey, I had a lox bagel for breakfast. And by 11, I looked 11 months pregnant. <laughs> I'm not joking. I wish I could go back and find the photos. It was from years ago, but I was with the, my mom at a hotel and I went in the bathroom and I could I could barely button my pants and I was like, "What? Like I legit feel like I'm going to get stretch marks. My stomach is so bloated and all I had was black coffee and a lox bagel. But it was the bread, it was the bagel, the gluten." And when your gut is already so messed up and has leaky gut, it's just a lost cause. Even eating a pretzel could have caused that bloat in me, you know? So hormones are so essential and important. It's almost like you can scrap astrology and human design. If your hormones are not balanced, how can we achieve anything higher, right? If you think of the chakra system, if your root and your core, your sacral, the, if those chakras aren't balanced, how can the rest? How can your crown be open? How can your throat chakra be open? Which, by the way, chapter three in my book, Thyroid First Aid Kit, is all about the throat chakra. I find that a lot of women, especially and men, who are diagnosed with a thyroid issue, their throat chakra is completely closed. And I actually had that confirmed because I went to a psychic camp <laughs> in Florida and I got my aura photo taken and she was like, Oh honey, what is going on with that thyroid? I was like, what do you mean? And she slid the photo over to me and my blue throat chakra was like, if you took a pen and just dropped it on the paper, just beep, <laughs> a little mark. She was like, this is closed up. I'm like, wow, this is my thyroid. This is my throat. It's closed. So of course my thyroid's affected by this. When you are in a constant battle between your heart and your head, meaning your head says, marry this guy, he's lovely, he's good looking, he is safe. But your heart says, I know that, but I just don't, I don't feel like that's it. If you're constantly in a battle, and especially if your head always wins that battle, think about where the connection sits. Tap your forehead right now, put a, put a finger on your forehead, now put a finger on your heart. 
Now move them closer towards each other and see where they meet. Boom. Exactly where your thyroid is. So if that energy is constantly at battle, what's it going to affect? Also, you guys know that while my thyroid is still good, back in September, I had a surgery to remove polyps from my uterus. And this is something I also did not see coming. And whew, that was a whirlwind. It got scary there. I thought it was uterine cancer at one time. Checked off negative for that, thank goodness. But that was just a buildup of estrogen. And I'm very susceptible to that. It runs in every woman in my family, but it definitely made me think, okay, what's going on here? And I realized it was the result of burnout because you guys do know that right before that, I was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. This is not so much a Western medical thing as it is just more of a spiritual holistic thing, but it's becoming more well-known because it's extremely common nowadays. And that pains me because it's, it's scary. But I started to study hormones as I saw that my estrogen and progesterone, we'll get into what those are, were, were flip-flopping. Either one was too high, the other was low, and then the other would be too high, and the other one was low. And I really attributed this to my adrenal fatigue. But as I traced the connection and got to the root of it, it was just plain fucking burnout. It was working against my human design, which is to be a manifester, which is big bursts of getting work done and working all night, like I just said earlier, and then taking a week off to rest. Oh God. Yeah. Right. My past. Hell no. I could never take time off without feeling antsy. Like I'm falling behind. Um, someone out there is grinding away and doing work and I'm sitting here chilling, looking at a tree. Like they're, they're going to smoke me. You know, people and then money and a lack mindset has always been something I'm constantly bringing awareness to, to bring balance to, breaking that generational thought pattern. But I started to really study the spiritual connection to balanced hormones because I had mastered the physical. So what's interesting is I read something about the nine to five here in America. We have the, and I think maybe in Europe, it's like this too. But we have 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. or normally when we work. <laughs> sun up to sundown. We're working, working, working. But you think of the history of that. The 9 to 5 was made for someone who had help at home. Right? I know it's kind of sexist nowadays, but the 9 to 5 was made for the man who left the home and his only role is like, okay, you work and you make money and you produce things. The woman's nine to five, which is really nine to nine, nonstop 24 hours, was to be child rearing, take care of the home, chores, cooking, food prep, cleaning. Like that's a lot of freaking work. But so wasn't the guys. Let's not allude or, you know, water down what the man's responsibility was. And so we still have that nine to five mindset because nobody has ever thought to question it or change it. And we live in a booming population which needs more food, more materials, more homes. We, we can't slow down except like those kind of sexist gender roles got switched. And I know last time JL and I talked about the roles of men and women, we got a lot of hate for it because I know it's a sensitive topic. So I'm not going to go into my beliefs on that too much, but just know the nine to five was made for someone who had help at 
home. It was made for a man who had a woman at home to handle all those other things. And so now you apply that same theory to today, to the single mom who not only has to take care of kids and the home, but has to go work nine to five as well. Uh... Even if you're not a single mom, even if you're just a partner, a girlfriend, a wife, and you don't have kids, maybe you have dogs, which, <laughs> woo, those are a lot of work too. And cats, those are a lot of work too. You got to scoop their litter box and make sure they're fed and don't sneak out of the house. But you apply all those responsibilities on top of working. Oh my God. How is anybody doing this? You're not going to be present with your animals. You're not going to be present with your children, your partner. Forget it. You're not going to be present with them. And then you go on social media and it's teaching you how to be a better partner and communicate better and not only understand and self-soothe yourself, but also understand and self-soothe your partner's inner child and show up for them. But also don't forget to choose you. Oh my God. Like burn out, right? This is imagine... Maybe you're listening to this at work right now. Imagine if you had a nanny or a cleaning man or woman or a partner who stayed at home and their job was to make sure when you get home, there's food ready. And then you eat and you just relax because you worked all day and that was hard. They'll clean. Like, I know it's just, it's wild to imagine, right? Wouldn't life be more balanced if you knew? Hold on, motorcycle. Why? Why do people need things that are so loud? (sighs) But imagine how different your life would be if you always knew that when you came home, everything was clean. You had someone to help you with your taxes. You didn't have to do the yard work. All of that was taken care of by someone else. You would be much more balanced. You would feel healthier. You would feel more vitality. Right, And for people who stay at home and take care of all the jobs here and the children and the animals, it's nice to know that you don't have to work at the same time going to a job where there's more drama and there's more personalities and wounds from co-workers that you have to handle and juggle. Like It's a lot. And not only that, but people who, a lot of us, We're really going back to our roots, right? Everybody working for themselves. Whether you're a small business owner, you're an LLC, you work on the internet as an influencer. That's really, it's a job. We got to face it. That is a job. Um, It's learning your hormones is like learning your human design. When to work, when not to work. When to grind out, when to slow down. So this is how it breaks down. We're just going to keep this very layman's terms. So if you are a physician listening to this, go ahead and turn it off because it's going to piss you off at how I'm not getting super duper detailed. I just know my audience and they want it bread and butter. Okay, ABCs and one, two, threes. We're going to talk about two hormones here. And this is the female body, right? These two hormones run the show, and these are the guys you really want to pay attention to in your body and keep them happy, keep them fed, and keep them balanced. Don't let one of them take over the other because this is when we run into health issues and we can't focus on our emotions and our spiritual connection. And we also don't want them to be low because they give us vitality. They give us the energy to say, okay, in the morning I need to go for a walk while listening to Lightworkers Lounge and drink my water. These hormones will help you with that. 
So I just want to kick it off with telling you that PMS, premenstrual syndrome, is not normal. <gasps> what? Sore boobs, chocolate cravings, <laughs> uh, mood swings, bloat, these acne, these things are not normal. In fact, when you have them, it is a sign that your estrogen and progesterone are not happy. Be. They're not balanced. The pendulum is not swinging. It's favoring one or the other. So, oh gosh, I can't remember when the last time I had sore boobs was. Long time, but I love that. It makes me happy. I still work on the mood swings, but honestly, <laughs> living in the American culture, I don't know if that's possible, but they're definitely not affecting my daily life right? I know that some women have such severe mood swings, especially in the two weeks before their period, that it they seek medication for it. It messes with their personal relationships, especially in romantic ones. It's, it's a real thing, and it's very important to understand. So estrogen and progesterone. Here is just the basic terms of a woman's female cycle right? It's what? 28 days. So it's about four weeks long. On day one of our cycle, this is the first day of our period. So the first day that you start to bleed is day one of your cycle. And normally between day one and day four, five, maybe six, you're bleeding, right? You're wearing pads and tampons or your cup and you're bleeding. I love this phase because the hormones are switching back into the happy ones and Honestly, I don't know about you guys, but my body sinks bleeding up with big life events. When I took this Steph sabbatical and decided to just go back to my homeland here in Indiana, the day I left Denver to come here, I started my period. And I was either late or early, but it, it caught me off guard. But I was like, of course I am. Of course I am. The day I left Pagosa Springs, my little sanctuary in the mountains and moved to Denver, started my period. And I was like, come on like these are bad days I need to move I need to do big things but my body and my emotions are so connected that whenever I'm going through a release or a change my body will bleed as a result so day one to six we'll say is bleeding day six to 14 is the estrogen phase the happy phase of a woman's cycle so estrogen let's call it the happy hormone empowered when it's balanced we feel fit we feel sexy our body feels better we feel in the mood we feel high libido we have a lot more energy our muscles are literally physically stronger during this phase and so the two weeks between bleeding and ovulation are the happy phase this is when I suggest going on a date or booking a trip with your partner because you're happy you're balanced you're sexy you feel good you look good truly like the skin and the hormones your lips get puffier your eyes get bigger your wrinkles smooth I am not kidding you guys look it up your skin is clear and dewy, and it's because this is the cycle or the two weeks that you are getting ready to ovulate. And so think of it primally in the animal kingdom. What do animals do? 
They want to look their best. They want to flaunt their wings. They want to show their strength. And they do this because they're trying to mate and reproduce. Well, humans are no different. In the two weeks after you bleed up until you ovulate, your body, whether you are trying to conceive or not, is in a phase of, I need to find a mate. So I need to look good because I need someone to want to mate with me. So I can fertilize this egg I'm about to release. And so this is the happy, sexy phase. So disempowered, when estrogen is too high or too low, you're not going to feel any of this. You're going to feel moody. You're going to have low libido, be very dry down there. You're going to have acne sometimes. Um, it's not a fun phase. Sometimes you can have growths, like tissue growth in your breasts. Oh, what else have I seen? Polyp growths, me, myself, and I. Um, cramps sometimes down in your uterine area. This is when estrogen is too high. And I want to tell you that this is probably the most common issue for us in America. I'm recording this from a front porch. Hence, in the background, you can hear a little bit of motorcycles and trucks. Work with me here. Work with me. But all the exhaust that's pumping out of their mufflers is estrogen. Have you ever been behind an old diesel truck or a bus and you can smell the diesel or the fuel exhaust in your car? You're breathing in estrogen. When you drink out of a plastic water bottle, you're breathe drinking in estrogen. When you are heating food up in a plastic container in the microwave, estrogen from the plastic is leaching into your food and you're just stuffing it down. When you use products with fragrance or perfume in them, you rub lotion on your skin that's full of fragrance, guess what? You just wrapped your body in a sticker that is poking you with estrogen all day. You might as well put an IV in your wrist and pump estrogen in your body all day. And when estrogen is too high, we get polycystic ovary syndrome or is that progesterone? It, it can be both. We get cysts in our breasts. We get acne. We get moody. We struggle to find libido. We don't want to have sex. We don't feel good. And sometimes when it's so severe, you may or may not ovulate. So that is estrogen. We really want her to be balance. And I'm going to go over some ways to balance her if you find you're in the disempowered too much or too little side of estrogen. The other hormone is progesterone. And so once you bleed and then you have the sexy two weeks up until ovulation, which should happen between days 12 to 16 is when I like to see it in my clients, you ovulate and then as soon as that egg is released, a new hormone comes to town and it's called progesterone. Progesterone is known as the calm hormone. This one makes you relax and primally, why? Because in the wild, we feel good, we have high energy, we feel sexy, we go have sex and re reproduce with a mate, our egg gets fertilized, and then what? And the two weeks before we find out we're pregnant or not, our body is doing a lot. Sperm's trying to find the egg, and then if it the miracle of life happens and it penetrates the egg, the egg has to come back through the fallopian tubes and down into the uterus, and the uterus needs to be very sticky, to grab that egg, nestle it into its sticky tissue, and give it a safe, protected, warm space to grow, to fertilize, like a little chicken sitting on its egg. 
And progesterone is the sticky hormone. And so a lot of my clients who were trying to conceive and were really struggling with it, I would find that their progesterone was just too low. So they would have sex, they would achieve fertilization of an egg, the egg would woohoo, come down to the uterus. But if they have low progesterone, their uterus is just slick. There's no stickiness to it. So the egg would just bloop, fall right out with their period. There would be no hormone being created to keep it sticky and keep it stuck and grow. So for people who are not trying to get pregnant, progesterone is still a really good hormone to have because it is a part of keeping estrogen balanced, right? If you're not trying to get pregnant, so you're practicing safe sex, you're still going to produce progesterone after you ovulate and you want this there because A, it makes you calm. B, it's a part of your natural cycle. And if your progesterone is balanced, then the next cycle, when you bleed and estrogen comes back, it will be balanced, right? They all work hand in hand. So you want this hormone. You do. Disempowered, when we have too much progesterone or not enough of it, we are moody. This is where PMS, hurricane PMS comes in when progesterone is not happy. Moody, again, low libido. And not only that, but you become mean. When your progesterone's really high, you can, again, it's very similar to estrogen. You can get the sore boobs. A lot of women, when their progesterone is too high, they get cystic acne on their jawline or around their lips, But that area is always, I still get it every now and again. When I get a pimple around my chin or my jaw, I'm like, oh, hormones, I'm sorry. Let me do something to help you guys out. Um, So that is progesterone. And we want to keep that balanced. A lot of people with extremely high progesterone can actually grow facial hair, can get cysts on their ovaries. Yeah, these hormones, you can't see them. You can't measure them. You can't. You cannot identify them with your senses, but boy, if we have a strong spiritual connection and thoroughly believe in the unseen and synchronicities, then we should believe in estrogen and progesterone and really get to know them. So now that you know your cycle, day one to six, we're bleeding. Day six to 14, we're sexy, we're in estrogen. Day 14 to 18, we're in progesterone. Ready or not, here we come. Now, progesterone literally does something to your muscles. It relaxes them. It's all in your body, and it makes you feel sluggish, slow, heavy. Estrogen makes your muscles feel strong, and it gives you vitality and energy. So the two weeks between bleeding and ovulating is when you should be getting in your cardio. This is when you should be going to cycle class. This is when you should be cranking out work. This is when all the creative ideas will flow. You have energy, and you have your physical body encouraging that energy. So use it. Go sweat. Get that red face Ooh, pump it up, have sex. It's awesome phase. But right after you ovulate, right? And you'll know you ovulate because sometimes you feel a pinch in your uterus, but also your cervical mucus will look like egg whites. It'll get really watery. Yes, sexually speaking, you'll get really wet down there if your hormones are balanced. But that is also like the more cervical mucus coming out that is clear and stringy like egg whites, you know, here's the egg. It's coming because 
it is making you wet and slimy down there. Sorry that these words are triggering you. You think they're gross, but this is lubrication for sex to fertilize that egg. Your body every month, ladies, is trying to get pregnant. It can't help it. It's as natural as the seasons. And so after you ovulate, then your body slows down because it wants, it's going to pretend that you fertilize the egg and now it's time to go inward. We call this the winter season of your body. So it's really important to get all of your exercise and your creativity and the things you really need energy for done during the first two weeks of your cycle from bleeding to ovulation. This is our sweet spot, ladies, to get shit done. Honestly, me personally, this is when I will book vacations and trips and social events because I'm looking good, I'm feeling good. You know those funny memes you see that's like, shit, I made plans to do something a week ago and now I totally don't feel like doing it. I always wonder if that was made by a woman with hormones. The plans she made during her, it's called the follicular phase, but to keep things basic, we're going to call it the estrogen phase. I made plans during that phase and now I'm in my luteal, my progesterone phase and I don't want to go. I just want to stay home and wrapped in a blanket and be alone. The progesterone phase, when that hormone steps in and takes over, you get dried up down there, you start craving lots of food, okay? The cravings for the unhealthy foods are what's not normal, but cravings during this cycle are simply just getting a little bit extra portions on your plate or going back for seconds is normal. Primarily, this is because your body's trying to get pregnant. It is preparing for pregnancy. Even if you didn't have sex that whole cycle, your body doesn't know that. And so it is saying, hey, let's absorb all the nutrients we can double time in case we got a fertilized egg on board. Let's get this food in. And so you get hungry. I know for me, during my estrogen phase, I eat a lot of fruit. I eat really light during this phase. Then I ovulate and all of a sudden, all I want is a burger. I want to eat a steak and vegetables. Um, I crave cheeses, really grounding, nourishing, thick foods. And this is because I'm also preparing to bleed. And what do we want? We want iron and all the minerals we can because when we bleed, we lose it all in a very short time. So progesterone, and I just learned this, Jael and I were studying it, and um, it made such a difference in my life. My progesterone phase, I won't work as much. I won't do as many readings because that takes a lot of energy out of me, and my progesterone just makes me so sleepy, and it makes my brain a little bit slower. But also, I will not go hard on the exercise. Our apartment in Denver was on the fifth floor, and I'm that person... (laughs) Virgos will love me for this. That parks far away in the parking lot because I like to walk. I am that person that takes the stairs. And I noticed (laughs) that during my estrogen phase, going up five flights of stairs, easy. Wouldn't be out of breath at all. In fact, I would skip steps and just hop my way up and feel so good. As soon as I hit progesterone phase, it felt like I was wearing a lead bodysuit. Just so heavy ankle weights, wrist weights. And I would get to the fourth floor and be like, why did I decide to do this? So I gave myself the permission once I understood that it is a literal physiological reaction in my body where my muscles are not 
strong. They can't do this. In fact, when you push it during your progesterone phase, you're messing up your body. You're actually doing more harm than good. And so for a fire sign like me, it was really hard to digest this, to realize, wait, I can only go to my beloved cycle class two weeks out of my cycle. But then the last two weeks, they literally tell you during your progesterone phase, the fall and winter of your menstrual cycle, do yoga, go for a walk, maybe rollerblade on a flat trail if it's not too hard, but just go for a walk, brisk if you want to, lift really light weights that don't even feel like you're pushing it too hard, but just move your body a little bit. And that's it. And I remember thinking, are you crazy? Like with how much I eat during that phase to not move my body, that just spells disaster. (laughs) But you know, you lose weight, you feel good during the first two weeks, and then you might, because you're supposed to gain a little bit of weight during the last two weeks, and then you lose it when you bleed again, and it starts all over, right? Do you see the balance in that? So how do we keep these two balanced? This is what I do. I use an app called Natural Cycles, and this is not sponsored. And in fact, I have so many of you sign up for it because you are looking to get off of hormonal birth control. And this app is how that I'm a star cycler and I have it for free for life because yes, it is $12 a month, but it is the best investment in your health as a woman, especially if you want to get off hormonal birth control. Again, the app is called Natural Cycles and how it works is you track your basal body temperature. BBT, basal body temperature. You stick a thermometer in your mouth every morning. The first thing you do at first, I struggled to do it. I was like, I don't remember to do anything in the morning besides just prepare for another day on earth. (laughs) But you will get, it'll be like just grabbing your phone to see what time it is. You'll get used to it. Give yourself, you know, some leeway to understand. But you wake up, you take your temperature And that's it. You log it into the app every single day. And you can add things like symptoms you're experiencing, et cetera, et cetera. And this is how it works. The first two weeks, so bleeding till ovulation, the estrogen phase, your temperature should be about 97.6 or lower. And this is just an average. Everybody's bodies are different, but this is what the app says is normal. So your temperature should be low. I find mine sometimes dip into 96.6. It gets really low. And it should stay under this threshold line that you'll see in a graph on the app. Once you ovulate, the day after the egg releases, you'll see when progesterone enters the chat, your body temperature rises. And so you see a spike if your hormones are balanced And you know you have officially entered your progesterone phase. So what I do is when I notice my temperature is like perfect, good, under the threshold, I'm going to cycle class. I'm going for a run until I can't breathe. I am lifting weights and doing really heavy things. I am taking the stairs to the 10th flight. (laughs) And then when I see my body temperature Bike up, I wake up one morning, take my temp and say, whoa, we are 98.3. Woo-wee, we're hot. I know progesterone is here, so it is time to go within. Stop making plans. 
Don't push it with the exercise. Just go for a walk and listen to a podcast instead of my big raise the vibe hip hop playlist and just chill. Just accept the winter season, right? What do we do here in America where uh, pretty much everywhere where you experience a winter season? We wish it away. After the holidays, when winter is nice to have around, we're like, okay, go away. I don't like you. Is it over yet? Is spring here yet? But if we learn to just accept it and live with it and accept the long string of gray days and live in that, hey, just relax and eat some soup and do a puzzle by the fire, just chill. Then spring comes and we feel refreshed, renewed, and we can get out there and start planting and doing yard work and working on the house, right? No different with your menstrual cycle. Working with the phases. So tracking your basal body temperature is a really good way to see if your estrogen and your progesterone are balanced. With this app, you can see the length of your cycle. Is it between like 24 and 32 days? Good. We like to see that. Do you have a nice long estrogen phase that's like 12 to 14 days and then do you see an actual spike and keep all of the temperatures for the last two weeks that progesterone phase above that threshold do you see you know you can squeeze the graphs together i'm looking at it right now forgot to record this for our youtube dang it but when i pull up my graph oops i forgot to put my temperature in today they actually just released a new thermometer that I'm waiting for. And it'll just, as soon as you take your temperature in the morning, it plugs it into the app for you. So when I look at my graph, I'm like, okay, do I see a perfect first two weeks? Temperature's below that bold line. The last two weeks, is it above that line? Yes. And another way to tell if your progesterone is good is A, is it above that threshold? But B, is it longer than 10 or 11 days? If you find the time between ovulation and bleeding is less than 10 or 11 days, you have low progesterone and we need to talk. If your estrogen phase, if you find the temperatures are actually going over the threshold, you could have too much estrogen and we need to give your liver a little TLC. Why liver? Because your liver processes all of the excess estrogen that no matter what, you can't control if you're driving to and from the grocery store and you get stuck behind a big diesel bus and you got to breathe in the exhaust. We just simply, oh my God, when you look at how many things you own are plastic, my toothbrush is plastic. I know I can fix that, but I was just like, dang. Like I'm looking at my makeup bag and I've got plastic mascara wands. My eye cream is in a plastic tube. I was at Home Depot with my mom today helping her with some house stuff. And um, we were looking at all the pipes, you know, the piping system to get water and whatnot into your house. And boom, plastic. <laughs> it's everywhere. You truly can't avoid it. Right. And so if this is just how the world is, we got to accept it and we got to combat it. The liver processes ex excess estrogen. And so if your liver is not up to par, all that estrogen has to go somewhere if the liver can't process it. I have found that when I use a castor oil liver pack during my estrogen phase, my hormones are very balanced. A castor oil pack just helps the liver flush out toxins and it has worked miracles. My temperatures are so cool how they're the same every single day, which is beautiful. You don't want to see too many spikes. That means your hormones are just a little wonky when you see super big spikes, but 
That is what I use, giving my liver some TLC through food, supplements, and a castor oil liver pack. Plastic, avoid it as much as you possibly can. I'm sitting here. I have a glass cup with a glass straw of water. That is essential because that is estrogen. Fragrance, I can't tell you enough. I know it smells so good. I love the smell of clean towels <laughs> with the smelly laundry soap. I get it. I got it. it smell can be nostalgic too, uh, but it's so bad. It's so so bad at our apartment in Denver they literally have it's so funny there's a skunk picture on them but they're like little scent boxes in the hallway that just squirt fragrance every five minutes and it's so powerful my throat gets scratchy and itchy and I just thought wow I am I am being forced to breathe in estrogen. Like, what if I were pregnant right now? Oh, my gosh. It's just crazy. It just blows my mind. So fragrance, get it out. Get it gone. This was one of the biggest things that I found helped, aside from eliminating gluten, getting rid of the fragrance and laundry detergent. Think about that. If you wash your clothes, the things that are on your body and your skin, with high-fragrance soap, And then you use, oh God, the worst things ever, dryer sheets covered in more fragrance. And then that sits on your skin all day. Again, with the eye, it sits on your skin that you just put the fragrance lotion on. You don't stand a chance. You don't stand a fucking chance. You can eat spinach and kale for every single meal and drink Kangen water all day, eight cups. It doesn't matter if you have that IV of toxins going into your body. And diet, of course, you know, this one is just so bio-individual. I'm not going to go into that. But what works for me personally is the first two weeks that estrogen phase is eating fruit. My liver loves fruit. It really helps it process all the estrogen that's being produced to get me sexy and ready for ovulation. But I also find that I just, I don't want to eat. I feel sexy. I want to go exercise. I want to get so much work done. I want to socialize. Don't need it. Progesterone phase, we slow down. We eat the grounding foods, the meats, the potatoes, the cheeses. We increase our portions and don't feel bad about it. And we just go for a walk after every meal instead of high-intensity cardio. We work with our cycle. So diet, I really don't restrict myself on anything anymore. I know this isn't so fun to hear because people just love to have a list of eat this, not that, but you've got to get in tune with your body. And if you don't feel in tune with your body, guess how you can? You understand your cycle, your hormones, you work with it, not against it. Give your body what it needs and it will correct itself. I promise you this. So I hope this episode provided you with a lot of good info. I don't do health coaching anymore. I want to throw out there that I would agree to doing like a one-off session, but in order to change your life and really understand a lot of this information, I would sell packages. You'd have to work with me for three months straight to really, I mean, we would go deep. You would FaceTime me and show me your pantry and what you eat. And then I would send you meal plans. And it was a lot of work. I really enjoyed it. It was awesome. But, you know, I'm an astrologer now and I'm in a podcaster. So that's what I focus on. But 
I, of course, have utilized astrology in your birth chart with holistic health, uh, Virgo placements, the sixth house, the first house, uh, Scorpio rules the reproductive system. Fifth house is fertility and that's hormones. So I do take birth charts into account to some of my clients who approach me with the question of when will I conceive? Does my birth chart favor conception? Does my birth chart mention or allude to any health issues? I do do that in my sessions. Those would be the advanced birth chart session. So with that said, I don't want to completely block it off because as you can tell, I love this subject. I'm very passionate about it. It breaks my heart to imagine that in the time that we started this podcast until we're ending it, somebody was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism or Hashimoto's and somebody signed up for a surgery that they don't need. So I will, if you guys book an advanced birth chart reading, you get an intake form when you book it. And at the end of it, it says, what do you want to talk about? What's on your heart? What's on your mind? Talk to me. Say hormones, fertility, getting off of hormonal birth control. And we can use your birth chart. If you don't know your birth time and you want to just talk about it, that's okay. I can still pull up a chart without your birth time and get an idea of what we're working with. And if you just want to ask me personal questions about your health journey, we can also do that during that session as well. Just know real life changes take place when you work one-on-one with someone for a series of months and Maybe I'll look for someone to come on the podcast and talk about it because I can't think of anybody off the top of my head besides myself. (laughs) You guys can purchase my book, Thyroid First Aid Kit on Amazon. That is a one-two step on how I reversed my Hashimoto's thyroid disease. Or again, you can invest in a birth chart reading with me at lightworkers-lounge.com. Please don't forget to leave a review, share the show, share it on your Facebook, your TikTok, your Instagram. Please, this episode especially, share it with your mom, your sister, your daughter, your cousin, your grandma, your auntie, your niece, who and men. Let's not forget about our lovely men. They have thyroid issues too, and they need our help as well. So share this podcast. I hope it reaches the right ears and we can change and maybe even save some lives. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Lightworkers Lounge. I am your host, Stephanie Powers. I will see you on the next episode. Peace.